Ladies and gentlemen, I want to welcome you to season two, episode number six of Center Stand, the motorcycle industry podcast produced by the Progressive International Motorcycle Shows, hosted on continuetheride.com. And today we're going to welcome two amazing women. We're going to be talking about uh, women in the motorcycle industry, uh, how we can support uh, growth and getting more women into the mo motorcycle industry, uh, and the role that uh, dealers and manufacturers play in breaking down these barriers. Now, before we get going, I don't want anyone out there to think that I'm just mansplaining this stuff. I will say very proudly that I have been uh, in support of increased female ridership uh, in my uh, many years uh, in the industry. Um, and uh, I love this topic because I am absolutely convinced the number one way to increase motorcycle sales across the board is to get more women to ride motorcycling. So with that caveat laid down as a solid foundation for this episode, I would like to welcome our guest, Elisa Clickinger, owner of the Women's Motorcycle Tours program. She promotes all kinds of stuff. Excited to have Elisa here and Wendy Crockett, worldwide motorcycle ambassador, long distance rider, and owner of the Cycle Smiths. Ladies, welcome to Center Stand. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks, Robert. Happy to be here. All right. That was Wendy and Elisa. Thank you guys for uh, joining us again. I'm gonna I'm gonna start out with Elisa here. Elisa, um, it's great to have you on the show. Over the years. You've done a lot for the uh, women in the industry, um, but you haven't been riding your entire life. Can you give us uh, kind of a quick overview uh, of your background in motorcycling and what Women's Motorcycle Tours is all about? Sure thing. <laughs> um, I have kind of a funny story about the way I started riding motorcycles because I was going through a divorce and having a lot of stress dreams at the time. And one of those dreams, I was running for my life and uh, somebody was hot on my heels and uh, I saw in the distance a motorcycle and I fixated on the motorcycle and started running towards it, got to the machine and in the magical way of dreams, I knew how to operate it. I fired it up, sped <laughs> away and I literally woke up in bed and said, oh my heck, I have to learn how to ride a motorcycle because that feeling was so exhilarating. And uh, the metaphor of motorcycling, motorcycle saving my life has uh, resonated throughout my, my life and my, and my career. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. I wonder if you had your uh, bedroom fan set to high so the wind was like sort of going through <laughs> your hair. <laughs> Maybe no. that influenced it. But uh, yeah. so like it was like, 2009, over a decade ago, um, you kind of set out on a big adventure, and that basically informed your uh, business that you're in now. Can you can you talk about that? Did sure, yeah. In uh, November 1st, 2009, I set out from my uh, my life in Connecticut and pointed my motorcycle south, and spent seven months riding through. Central and South America by myself. I rode all the way down to Argentina, and uh, it was an incredible experience, not only 
the writing and the people that I met and the things that I saw, but the way that it opened me up as a person, as a traveler, as a world citizen, and also what it did for me, um, looking towards uh, a goal that I set for myself and stepping into that bigger vision that I had for myself and making that happen and all the steps that led up to that happening. It was just a really transformative experience for me. And yeah, plenty of us uh, want to, you know, sell all our crap and go on a long motorcycle ride. And, and it was important to me to, that I, I felt like I could do that, you know? Well, you've certainly been doing that. And um, although you are uh, certainly one, a unicorn in motorcycling, you are one of <laughs> many more unicorns out there. I have to say that. Uh, Wendy, you too are a unicorn. So we got two unicorns yeah. on the show here. Uh, yeah. Wendy, with over a million miles on two wheels, uh, and you're calling us in from, uh, or you're calling in from Mexico, um, and uh, obviously, uh, you know, traveled around in that area as well. Uh, tell us a little bit about your background as an endurance rider and uh, and motorcycling. Well, I'm same as Lisa. I didn't come from um, a motorcycling family or anything like that. But motorcycles, just as long as I can remember, have always spoken to my soul. But uh, I, you know, I'm sure like a lot of us that weren't raised in motorcycle families, all I was ever told is that they are inherently dangerous and awful, and I should never ever have one. So, you know, obviously I turned 18 and took an MSF course and <laughs> bought my first bike. So, and I have never looked back. I've been quite pleased with that, uh, with that course of action. Um, like you said, I, I do long distance riding. I do, um, not just big mile days, but also competitions. Uh, and in um, 2019, I became the first woman to win the Iron Butt Rally. Um, but a, a, a big part of winning any major rally really just comes down to having a little less bad luck than the next rider. So um, I, it is... It's a big accomplishment. It's very, very cool. Um, but I think really at the end of the day, I'm just grateful that I've had the opportunity to compete in in so many um, amazing long distance events because that gave me the ability to have determination and good luck to come together <laughs> to, to give me a, a couple of podium trophies. Well, that is uh, two epic stories of how motorcyclists start in this industry. So any of you dealers who are listening to the podcast here, please make sure that uh, your female employees uh, are encouraged to uh, listen to what these women have to say as we continue on here and, uh, and share this certainly with any women's riding groups and that sort of thing. Okay, Wendy, uh, you too have a motorcycle brand that you own and that is uh the cycle smith shop uh but that's kind of on pause right now because you are continuing to do big epic things why don't you give us a little bit of background on that yeah i i actually owned a dealership a, a small shop in kernville california uh for about 10 years and we just closed it up in preparation for spending a year riding around south america and 
I don't know if it is incredibly good timing or incredibly bad timing that that <laughs> happened to be immediately before the pandemic, um, because obviously that the trip didn't go off quite as we had envisioned. Um, but at the same time, I'm I'm really appreciative that I wasn't trying to keep a brick and mortar shop afloat um, with all the pandemic closures and whatnot. But our shop, uh, we serviced all makes and models and Obviously, we had a lot of endurance rider clientele that would ride in, uh, a lot of vintage bike clientele that would make the trip up to see us. But where we were located in the mountains of Central California, there was incredible riding, every kind of riding, street, dirt, two wheels, four wheels, jusky, snowmobiles. So we were mm. constantly busy and we always had something new and entertaining coming in the door. So in the time that you've been in the industry, um, you've seen things evolve, I hope. Uh, can you speak a little bit to how uh, you've seen changes uh, in the motorcycle industry? Yeah, I've, I've been in the industry for over 20 years now. Um, and so when I started out, it was just kind of in that, that point of time where, where we were um, shifting from motorcycles or something that outlaws ride to kind of the custom chopper craze. And I think that started like that really important little shift in perception um, in a lot of people's minds where they're like, oh, well, regular old non-rebels like me could actually go out there and mm -hmm. get on a motorcycle. Like somehow it became a lot more attainable, which... I think really helped it. It opened it up more to women and more to families. Um, it it really became something instead of being um, very exclusionary that was actually bringing people together. Um, and it's been fantastic. You know, just in the time that I've been in the industry, the percentage of female riders has more than doubled, and their impact on the industry is even greater than that because women have influence over the vast majority of all power sports spending, whether they ride or not. So mm -hmm. um, it's been really fantastic to watch the strong growth over the last couple of years um, in the industry. So hopefully we can keep that momentum up, keep building up enthusiastic riders. Yeah. You know, it, we did a, a, a round table a while ago called give a shift. And one of the points that came out of that was if mom rides, the family rides. So I think you're alluding to that fact that, that, um, that women in a family typically are a gateway to an entire family getting involved in the sport. And then, um, would you speak a little bit to how you have actually sponsored, uh, garage night sponsored, um, all kinds of racers on on two wheels, whether they be pedal or or powered, uh, and um, you know. So, what what are some insights into sponsorships and and how to further support women in on two wheels? Well, I I think for any of us, the the very best kind of advertising is word of mouth advertising, and the very best kind of ambassadors for our sport is the confident rider. Um, so you, we need to look a little bit outside of the existing scope of strong, dedicated riders, which is why we looked at, um, we would sponsor bicycle racers and things like that, because today's kid that rides a bicycle is tomorrow's adult that is looking at, at, um, motorcycles, hopefully. And 
something that I hear a lot, a lot of the feedback that I get from the dealerships is that they don't see the point of sponsoring bicycle racers or hosting garage nights or things like that, because they, they see that as just, um, they're, they're giving something away. They don't see, uh, they don't see the, the immediate return. Exactly. You know, we're so used to that, um, direct, how many clicks did I get for my dollar feedback? Um, but it's, I, I always tell my customers that I am happy to offer garage nights and I'm happy to give you service tips and happy to support the community in this way because I want to see you coming into my shop for services and tires. I don't want you to be coming in for a rec repair because you didn't know how to properly assess the operating condition of your bike. Mm -hmm. um, you know, things like that. It's a, it's definitely more of an indirect um, feedback. So we're, we're having a lot of people look at that as I am giving away this income stream um, when in reality we are building more loyal, confident customers. So it's it's certainly like somebody is going to walk out of a garage night and be like, yes, now I'm going to go rebuild my transmission. But I want them to know how to adjust their chain and I want them to know what a leaking fork seal looks like um, so they can be safe. And all of those, um, all of that knowledge really builds confidence and confident riders build excited riders that tell their friends and share it with their family and share it with their children. Right. So Elisa, um, in the, in the time you've been, uh, sort of working and, and making a living in the motorcycle, uh, industry in that, in that decade or so, uh, you too have seen it change, but I'll also say that you've been a big part of that change, uh, in hosting, uh, you know, nationally seen uh, ride events and that sort of thing. Now, I've I've had the opportunity to ride with you and and see these things happen in person. Um, but and the thing that strikes me about any of the 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 women's initiatives, uh, you know, programs, riding track days, things like that that I've been involved with, um, it is empowerment is is such an amazing draw for new uh, female ridership. Can you speak a little bit to how like empowerment, um, we may be selling the idea of a motorcycle, but we're really selling the, you know, this, this underlying emotion and then all this other stuff that goes along with that. Can you speak to how empowerment is such an important, important factor for uh, your business and, and, and maybe give us some examples of, of some of that you've seen? Absolutely. And that's a, it's a really great point. Um, you know, women love to come together in community, going back just a little bit to what Wendy said. And so we have created these experiences where women can come together in community and learn from each other. We're very collaborative uh, uh, thinkers and, you know, we like to talk to each other and share ideas, share our knowledge. And so when we create events, like our women's motorcycle conferences or the big cross-country rides like the Sister Centennial Motorcycle Ride in 2016 or the, the ride we have coming up this year, the Suffragist Centennial Motorcycle Ride. When you create these epic events that are stretches, remember I talked about that for my South America trip, that was such a huge stretch for me. Mm -hmm. When we, when we, 
go out and we have fun with other people, it, it we have that community support and it helps us engage in that stretch and uh, and feel comfortable doing it. So um, the empowerment piece is really important because I'm seeing so many women come to the sport right now wanting some me time. You know, uh, younger riders are getting into it because they they want to express their personal power. Older women are getting into the sport. Uh, we're seeing many of them who've, like myself, have come out of a divorce and are uh, want want to something that is all theirs, you know, or maybe they've been taking care of aging parents or their kids have fledged from the house. And uh, so this is their way of taking back their sort of power, if you will. And, uh, and, and that, that experience, because the, the beautiful thing about motorcycling is it is a solitary yet community experience both. And, uh, and yeah. I mean, that's, that's a really powerful uh, perspective on it is that, um, you know, as a group of riders, we, we share that experience, but typically when we're doing that experience, um, you're kind of in your own helmet as it were, um, Wendy, uh, you know, with some of what you've tackled both, you know, mechanically, uh, and, uh, and on the road, um, empowerment is one side of it. The other side of it is confidence, right? Um, can you speak a little bit to, to confidence because, I remember the first time I started working on a, my own motorcycle, I was just trying to bleed the brakes and I was petrified. And then I figured it out and I did it and I didn't, you know, crash like within the first corner and the brakes were better, you know, like I made the bike better and that little step of confidence, you know, uh, boosted me up. Can you speak to, um, particularly in the, in the women's market, how the language of confidence is important? Well, and like you said, the experiences like that are are huge, and that's um, on on the scope of a job that might be done at the the shop that is very very tiny. But in in on the scale of you feeling confident heading out, that was a huge thing. Knowing that you have the ability to um, take care of problems should they arise, we have to really remember that um, this community can feel really daunting to walk into mm -hmm. fresh, brand new, um, uh, kind of off of the street. So it, it's all of these little bits and pieces that were kind of peeling away the mystique, we're kind of peeling away the fear um, and, and shaping a new narrative for women and for writers in general, um, when we're giving them access to education and ways to build their skills, um, be it writing skills or wrenching skills or um, even just general community building, uh, all of these are are ways to peel away um, those stories. All of us have heard those stories about how motorcycles are inherently dangerous, and we can just shift that narrative by um, allowing people to have stories of empowerment and confidence instead of stories of, of fear and apprehension when they, um, whether they're new riders or have been riding for years. And it's just something that we can give them a new level of, of um, skill. 
I, I think that's a great point. You know, there's, there's, um, you know, with, through the power of social media, if you just simply write a post that I went on a great motorcycle ride today, um, and that happens out there consistently enough, then it's, yeah, I went on a motorcycle ride. I didn't, I didn't crash. Everything's fine. And I had a great time. And, uh, and those little nuggets are what kind of helps, you know, build our desire to continue to do that. I'm sure when you first got into motorcycling, you weren't like, I'm going to do a million miles and I'm going to win the <laughs> iron butt rally. And I mean, those it's a, it's a stair step to get there. Right. Right. And it's that that's definitely something else that I really recommend to riders. And again, it, it really, for a lot of people, doesn't matter if you are a new rider or if you've been riding for a long time, but we don't have in the United States, we really don't have motorcycles that exist that are just pervasive as, as economical, um, transportation. So we, mm -hmm. we have a different relationship with motorcycles in general. So when people come into motorcycling, they tend to just have whoever happens to be around them becomes their community, whether it's a friend that rides or a local riding group, you just fall into that group. Um, and that doesn't necessarily mean that it is a great fit for you. It just happens to be the folks that were around when you got into riding. Mm -hmm. um, so I really encourage people to take control, to kind of take a step back and stop asking for permission from the people around you. Um, and I don't mean that in a negative way, but I mean, um, get up one day and decide to go for a ride and maybe ride a little further or ride a little slower or stop more often and really experience what it is that you love about motorcycles and find out those things about yourself that are difficult um, to really determine when you are in a group of people that was just kind of convenient to you. And that was something that made such a difference in, in my riding confidence was to just step away from the group and say, Oh, this is what I love. <laughs> this is, yeah. yeah. I have the ability to say, you know what guys, I like riding a little slower than you, or I like riding a little twistier than you. And we can meet up at the restaurant and I am going to love my ride today. Yeah. I think that that is a fantastic point. Um, Elisa, um, uh, we, we, we just spoke a little bit about breaking down the barriers for entry. You know, somebody listening to the podcast today, as, as you couldn't imagine on the day that, you know, you had your, your dream, uh, of, of becoming a motorcyclist, you probably didn't wake up and go, I'm going to ride in South America or South Africa or you know, whatever. Right. So, yeah. so, I mean, getting yeah. up to those, 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 um, getting over those barriers, you've you've done that, and I think when other women see women doing that, that's an important story to tell. So you've built your brand outside of just hosting motorcycle, not just, but hosting motorcycle tours, to doing uh, you know online motorcycle conferences, and um, and and that's been a very powerful uh, program that you've run. Speak to us a little bit about that. Sure thing. Um, the motorcycle conferences, particularly the online ones, were really born out of this new shift that we that the entire industry has done, you know, with COVID um, coming on. And um, it's really been an opportunity, I think, for the motorcycle industry because it's pushed us out of that uh, malaise or that we were in and really forced us to open our eyes to how to get new 
uh, rioters in the door, how to support our existing rioters, how to recreate our businesses. And so the women's motorcycle conferences have been a huge success for me. And um, uh, it, it also a way to create community while people are separated. And um, also um, now we are heading into the cross country ride the, from Portland to Arlington, and our event is going to end in a four-day women's motorcycle festival and conference. And um, these types of new thinking and new, uh, new, new reimagining events, I think, is going to be really great for the industry. And uh, like you said, it's, uh, it's, we've all said, it's about finding your community and it's about um, being able to really dig in and enjoy. And something that you pointed out uh, a long time ago, Robert, is that, or, uh, I beg your pardon, it was Scott Harden who mentioned that if we all just invited one person. That's right. The plus one initiative, that's what he called it. Yes. The plus one, yep. Thank you. The plus one initiative. If you just invited one person and got them riding, we would double the number of motorcycle riders instantly. Right. Now we can all, we can all do that. You know, I just, I, I published a book in 2019, boost your confidence through motorcycling, a woman's guide to being your best self on and off the bike. And I wrote that in such a way that we could carry the motorcycle conversation that I could carry the motorcycle conversation outside the motorcycle industry. That gives me an entree to talk about confidence and talk about my experience on a motorcycle. And so you can imagine if I'm going to a business group and I'm talking about how I built my confidence riding a motorcycle, how women will be intrigued because there's one thing that I know. And um, I hope the dealers listening, listen to this really carefully. And that is that, if a man, Robert, if you stood up in front of a group of ladies and said that you rode to your motorcycle to South America, they'd be like, yeah, great. Uh, you're a dude. If I stand up <laughs> in front of them <laughs> and say, and say, I rode my motorcycle by myself to South America, they're like, huh, what? Wait, wait, wow. If she can do that, ooh, maybe I can do that. And that's what's so exciting about having Wendy win the, the Iron Butt Rally mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. Women, when they see other women doing things, it gives them an idea of what's possible for themselves. And so how does that translate to a dealer? That translates to dealers having more women on the sales floor, more women in the clothing department, more women in all areas of your business, because women relate to women. We don't just want to always do business with other women, but if we see people doing what we want to do, it makes it more attainable and more possible for us. So the connective tissue uh, in a lot of this and in, in your activities and the dealership are the OEMs. Now, I don't want to put you on a, on a spot here, but I know that you have approached OEMs, uh, manufacturers in the past with some, you know, really cool programs and that sort of thing. And sometimes it's just, it's like, 
they build a whole brand new brick wall in front of you, right? Right in front of the proposal, right? And and you have also at the same time gotten support for OEMs, but it has always been a battle to get that. So can you speak a little bit to how the dealers dealers can turn around to some co-op money and they can um, uh, elicit support from their OEM uh, uh, brands to help host garage parties, to help host events like that. But can you speak a little bit to the to the manufacturers out there on how they can step up and how it actually doesn't really take a whole lot of money to have a huge impact for uh, women in motorcycling? Yeah, I think there's a couple of... Uh easy and significant ways that they could attract more female riders. One mm -hmm. is more images of women riding in your marketing. <laughs> you know, if it's, if it's all men, I, I mean, if it's all men, you, 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 the women can't find something relatable in it. But if you start showing pictures of independent women riders, families riding, that's what's going to, peak the curiosity of other women. And we've talked about the family CFO being a woman. Um, you know, women control, what is it, 70% of um, discretionary purchases in the house, the, mm -hmm. the whole budget. They're determining the budget. They're also the ones that say, my kid can ride, my kid can't ride. So by putting more images, it helps them see themselves doing this activity with their family. Another thing that uh, that you can do quite easily is just shift your marketing plan just a little bit, you know, uh, maybe take incrementally each year more and more of your budget towards female focused events. If you want to attract women to your brand, then get women writing your product. That doesn't mean necessarily hiring a uh, an influencer to do it, but uh, by, by sponsoring events, by having the opportunity at events like our conferences, we will have demo rides there, like um, uh, getting other people on your bike is, uh, I'm, 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 I'm thinking about 2016 when BMW Motorrad was the presenting sponsor of our event. Mm -hmm. um, they had a female, Sarah Shoki was the, the director of marketing at the time, and she had a vision. And she and I cooked up this program where we would do rolling demo rides across the United States. Now, let me tell you, I know of at least 20 bikes, BMW bikes, that were sold directly from my event. Now you think, okay, you know, the outlay and, you know, you only sold 20 bikes. But that's 20 brand ambassadors for that brand. So, you know, I... I, it's exponential how many more people could are exposed to the brand because we had our staff on their bikes riding them and talking to the people at the end of the day when you're sitting around and, you know, kicking the tires and, you know, talking about the day's ride and the subject comes up, hey, how did that ride? How did you like the BMW? Oh, do you want to try it? That was, that was awesome. And, um, you know, I've been pitching that around the industry for this ride and I, I'm, I'm astonished that nobody's bitten yet. Um, mm -hmm. But I will say, I will say that, you know, there are certain brands that do really support female riders. I've had a fantastic 
partner in Polaris. They are highly invested in getting more women riding. And, you know, last year, um, they did a real uh, solid turn for me in an event in a year where nobody was gathering and I had a big event that I had to cancel. They really supported me and, um, and got me through so I can shine again this year. So there are companies that do get it and are. Um, and so I just say to the dealers, just keep agitating, keep asking, asking and, uh, and, and keep showing them examples so they can see what they what they need to do and what we're talking about. That's a great story. Uh, uh, Wendy, I know from my personal experience uh, being around female ridership that that there are, you know, I'm, I'm, there's obviously not two categories here. There's many categories, but uh, there's a lot of examples of women who want to participate in women's only um, you know, events or babes ride out type of thing, or, you know, they're intimidated to go to an event that's got guys riding. And then there are other women who are like, man, I don't, you know, I don't want to be in a crowd of pink or I don't, you know, I'm, I want, I want to show that I, uh, am, and just as accomplished a rider, um, as a, as a man, uh, can be, or I can be, uh, and I can do that. Uh, can you speak a little bit to sort of the events that you've been involved in and how you integrate into them and maybe some hi a highlight, a couple of events, um, that people haven't thought about like vintage motorcycles are very approachable in certain ways. And, uh, maybe you can speak a little bit to how, uh, women can fit into the different types of community out there. Um, I've actually done just everything basically that you've described. I've done women's only events. I've done co-eds events, small events. Um, I did uh, some presentations at the AMA Vintage Motorcycle Days. So that was a huge event. Um, so I, I like to be involved in as many different ways as I can so that we can serve as many different people as we can. But um, I do find it it interesting. And, and certainly my personal experience has shifted the more, um, the longer I've been in the industry, I'm, I'm taken more seriously with 20 years under my belt, um, no doubt about it. But I've also found it interesting that um, I find that oftentimes men are less hesitant to ask me questions about mm -hmm. basic maintenance and things like that than they are about asking other men. So it isn't just about um, empowering women exclusively, but I think that there's, when you, you kind of strip away um, the machismo and the need to feel like you know everything and certainly I can rebuild my carburetor, um, you, we, we kind of take that away and say, look, I'm just here to offer you information, I want everybody to be safe. I want everybody to feel confident. Um, and it's it's amazing, even in these co-ed events, um, how many people feel empowered by seeking that that information. So certainly, um, as as many different types of events as you can um, manage to support you're going to be grabbing new people, but you know, at the same time, it's also important um, 
for the women that say they want women only events to to come out and take part in those events because I know that's a um a tough part for a lot of the dealers as they feel like they don't get enough of a turnout for the women only events and yet um a lot of women say they don't want to go to co-ed events so it's it's most certainly a double-edged sword there um and I, I wanted to address too i wanted to call back to something that elisa had said regarding having women um in the shop uh i think even if you're not just exclusively hosting events um having women in the shop in so many different capacities is incredibly important but i would like to say in the most respectful possible way bear in mind as well when you are bringing women into the shop that if your goal is to appeal to the male customers oftentimes that results in women in the shop in a different capacity than if your goal is to appeal to lady customers so mm -hmm. don't just have the greeter at the door really seek out strong women and experienced women um, to put in these roles as well. And I can tell you again, from, from the mechanic side of things, um, I still hear, often hear from women that um, they're rebuffed at shops when they put in applications because they, the shop doesn't want to screw up the, uh, you know, testosterone chi they got going back in the shop. Mm -hmm. um, that still happens. So, so bear in mind that um, just putting a woman in the shop in the position of greeter and again, not disparage that particular role. Um, but that appeals, that is more of a marketing move towards men and not necessarily um, towards building confident women writers. Yeah, that's exactly right. I think uh, I have seen uh, women working in some of our local power sports dealers, you know, behind the parts counter and um, and in the service areas. Uh, and in that sort of thing. And uh, I mean, this is this is just a known thing in this country. Sometimes they have to work twice as hard, um, you know, to get the job done, to be taken seriously. And I think our dealer Absolutely. networks out there have to work twice as hard to make sure that that entire staff knows uh, that that person deserves as much respect and grace and, and um, uh, you know, as, as anybody else uh, new to that position. So, um, all right, I'll step off my platform for just a second there. And um, I will uh, ask both of you guys a question that we asked um, the entire, everybody who's on center stand. Uh, and that is, if you were to stand in front of the entire motorcycle industry, the OEMs, the dealers, uh, the aftermarket, so not necessarily customers, but, but the business end of motorcycling, if you were to stand in front of that group, and you had a microphone in your hand and you could tell them one or two key things, what would you tell them? And I'm gonna start with Elisa and then Wendy, you can jump right in after that. Okay, um, I would say, first of all, never ever make assumptions. Instead, be curious about everybody who comes from through your door. Treat everyone as if they are going to be a buying customer. Just don't make those assumptions. Um, the second thing I would say is um, show more images of women. Uh, we want to be able to see ourselves in something before we step into it. So that 
it trickles down from the OEMs to the dealers and, uh, and, and down even to the, the, the mannequins that you have on the floor and the, and the salespeople that you have on the floor. That's my advice. Wendy, go ahead. Oh, I I would say you know we've a lot of this stuff we we have definitely touched on um, as far as hosting skills training and and ways that you can reach out to the community, um, building confidence, offer off these opportunities to women to build their skills in a comfortable environment, educate riders on how a helmet fits properly, help them to be able to select gear that fits their body type and fits their type of riding. There's so many ways um, that you can really reach out. Um, and, you know, re remember that you are the gateway as a dealership to this two-wheeled world. You are um, the way by which riders, women and riders in general, are coming into this community. Um, and so there's so many opportunities, but at the same time, if your business model doesn't offer you that direct hands-on way of reaching out to the community, think seriously about supporting groups like Alisa, like so many of these other groups out there that are reaching out every single day to build women ridership, to build confident riders. Um, that's such a fantastic way um, to really do your part to, to see this um, community of women writers grow. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we have just heard from two amazing women who are uh, stones in the pond of uh, the motorcycle industry. They are causing ripples. Um, they are women to follow uh, out there. So Elisa and Wendy, could you each tell us um, how we can follow you, what websites or social media channels or that sort of thing. Wendy, will you, will you tell us that first? Um, my best way is at thirdwheeladventures.com. There you go. And, and Elisa, how about you? Um, my website is womensmotorcycletours.com. And uh, I would love to mention that we have a dealer program for our Centennial Ride Celebration. On Friday, August 20th, we're going to be broadcasting our general session uh, virtually, and we're inviting dealers to reach out to us and uh, receive that broadcast. And then we have a whole program in a uh, event in a box program for dealers. So that would include, you know, the, the live stream on Friday and then Saturday actually leading a ride for women from your dealership on Saturday, August 21st. So reach out to me at Elisa at womensmotorcycletours.com. There you go, ladies and gentlemen, turnkey solution to selling more motorcycles, to getting more women involved, to having more moms involved who say yes to the family being involved in power sports. I want to thank our two guests uh, so very much. Uh, fantastic women, Elisa Clickinger uh, from Women's Motorcycle Tours and Wendy Crockett, uh, motorcycle ambassador and owner of the Cycle Smiths. Um, long distance rider. Thank you, you guys, both ladies, excuse me, both for uh, joining us here. Um, I want you listeners to follow us on LinkedIn. 
Uh, we're going to sneak peek upcoming episodes, uh, news from IMS Outdoors. Uh, that new tour is going to start off in July and go all the way until the end of October uh, with loads of demos and excitement happening there. So uh, listen to that. If you have any uh, topics you want us to answer during center stand, you can reach out to our producer team directly at imspr at informa.com. That's imspr at informa.com. And then of course, we've got loads of information at continuetheride.com, the Reserve Tank podcast, which is aimed at, at riders out there, not just industry um, and, uh, and newsletters, that sort of thing. It's all free. Um, just log on to continuetheride.com uh, and you can get our newsletter to an inbox near you. Uh, and uh, that way you can sit at your computer, you can pretend to work and uh, and learn a few things while you're while you're doing it. So anyway, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for joining us right here on Center Stand. We look forward to seeing you down the road. 